I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey everyone, I'm Rachel Goodman, and we're here to discuss Narcos Mexico Season 2. We have a lot of things that happen in this particular episode, the penultimate episode leading to our season finale. But joining me today, we have Rob Stiles, our filmmaker. Rob, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Wow, episode 9. What an episode. What an episode. I do love the twist and the turns, and I do love that, you know, Felix is still getting away by the skin of his teeth. Some people are hurt in the process, but, you know, the overall narrative yeah. <laughs> of Narcos is that people succeed and people are hurt in the process. Absolutely. And they really strung us along as viewers. We had no idea what was going to happen until it did. That's right. Um, but we're going to dive in and talk about all of this. Be sure to stay tuned until the end. We're going to talk about our favorite moment of the episode. And then we'll, yeah, and then we've only got one more show after this to cover. I can't believe it. It's gone by so fast. The grand finale. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm ready for it. I'm I'm ready for it. ready for it, too. So let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit, um, the you know, before we get to the grand finale of events of this episode, Mm -hmm. where we do see the bust. Before we get there, we kind of have what I feel like was all of the characters kind of figuring out what they were going to do in order to get ready for this. Right. And one of the people we really focus on is Breslin. Mm-hmm. And he makes a call to his brother's wife. And we get this very heartfelt scene where we find out she's going to get rid of the house and move. Yes. What? How did you feel about this? Well, I, it, with the house thing, that is that is very heartfelt. But one thing that's also heartfelt is how we get to see, you know, Breslin interacting with his last little bit of family that he has. His brother is gone. So the, uh, so his sister-in-law and his nephew, that that's it. And once they're gone, you know, Breslin is all alone. And and I love how, excuse me, Breslin, it will be all alone. And I love how he's, you know, fighting to keep that. I mean, it's not, he's not fighting, but you can see that he doesn't want it to go away. Yeah. And he's, it's almost, he already knows before we see what ends up happening. I feel like he already knew he was losing everything Mm -hmm. and not just his career, which we'll see. But now at this moment, he recognizes that he's losing whatever was left of his brother. Mm-hmm. He's potentially losing the ability to see his nephew. We don't really know how far away they're moving. Right. Um, but we do know that she is moving out of the house. She's trying to move on. She's trying to get past what happened. And I feel like with Breslin, he's just not there. And he is very stuck in the past. And there was a line that came up that I really that Breslin said. He said, when you set out on a journey of revenge, dig to graves and that stuck with me especially when we see Breslin because that's essentially what he's doing is that this idea of getting back and trying to avenge his brother's death Mm -hmm. is coming at a very high cost for him that's right and dig two graves one for the guy you're getting revenge on and one One for for yourself yourself. yeah and uh, I like I do think this is a bit of a a foreshadowing moment, you know, Breslin losing everything here before he goes into the next thing where where some um, more losses are obtained by him. And and it's another thing, too, you know, whenever 
often in media when we see in movies and television shows we see you know the hero when the hero leaves home and he's going off into a war or some kind of fight there is some kind of disconnect you know that you have to unplug away from home to plug into the new frontier that you're going to face in the future and i think him leaving you know his brother leaving and his sister-in-law and his nephew being taken out of his life in a bittersweet way, it's something being taken off of his shoulders because what he's going into next is way more important for him physically than what he was going through with the family. Yeah. And and the other thing I want to mention is it wasn't just the house either. He found out that she was giving away his brother's things too. Yes. And that – I almost feel like that was worse than the house because mm-hmm. for him, for Walt, it's like he's – trying to remember his brother and he's not in the same place like his sister-in-law even recognizes this that he he's not trying to move forward the way that she is and so we kind of feel like one it set it up so that we it left a pit in my stomach Mm -hmm. seeing this moment but also it set it up so that we know that he really has nothing left to lose nothing going into this and you know so that i feel like set the stage for what we were going to see so yes. we have him then we also have um, Amato. He's prepping the shipment. Yeah. And one thing that I found very clever is how the last episode before this, they had mentioned that there was a tracker mm-hmm. and that Amato had found the tracker. Yes. Um, little That little hint kind of peppered in from the last episode. I thought that, that that worked out very beautifully in the way that they, like, before we even saw how that came into play in this episode, right. just the fact that we could see how Amato, um, how he was preparing and we, like, it set the stage so that okay we're actually i was worried for amato because i like him as a character yeah yeah i like amato too and i was wondering you know because in the uh, we see it you know him discovering the tracker but then there's nothing else and then that's looming the whole time you know while we're on this ride this tension-filled ride and with amato you know with this with everything happening with that tracker being there he's still unusually come mm-hmm, for that tracker mm-hmm. being there. And that's what I've noticed with him is that he is a man who takes a lot of actions with mm-hmm. little words and yeah. with little external reaction. Right. So that's what I've always very much appreciated with him. And so for him to I, – I didn't know how to read him because yeah. of that because he's very, um, like, you know, very internal and so when I'm seeing – you know, they kind of interspersed the Breslin storyline mm-hmm. with Amato – with what we see with Felix and Maria, mm-hmm. somehow, Maria and Felix getting yeah. back together, um, when they went to the Carlos Salinas de Gortari um, election party that he yeah. was having. And so I love that they set the episode up so that we, as viewers, I mean, I I know this may not be the right position to take because we know <laughs> Felix is bad, but I I think I was more worried for Amato and what it meant for the other you know, the other gray area characters who were right. going to get busted and they were going to be the ones to take the fall. So as I'm watching this election party, I it, they really did a good job of keeping us on our, you know, keeping us on edge because we didn't yes. know. We figured he was going down in this episode, Felix. Yes. And while this election party is happening, you have parallel action happening, you know, with the with um, with the whole thing with the drugs and the bust and all that good stuff. You know, you have that going on. But one thing I, now that we talk talking about the party, yeah. uh, one thing I did like a lot uh, with the party and with Felix and Maria going together there, it was all about appearances. And she made him feel that way throughout that party. 
Yeah. I mean, you could you could see it. And just with everybody around, you know, everybody around seeing those two together, you know, this guy is a drug dealer. Everybody in this election party knows it. But once again, it's all about appearances. He has to have this appearance because he is now a friend of theirs. You yeah, know? absolutely. And that's the that's the interesting thing is that this obviously this party is supporting Felix and mm-hmm. supporting the drug industry as if it is an acceptable acceptable form of commerce. And so for him to just walk in, nobody looks at him strangely. Nobody bats an eye. Right. He's just – it's almost like he is a respected member of the society and he's one of the you know men of the upper echelon. So I yeah. appreciated the way that they, they kind of allowed us to see the way that it worked and how they're treated and how um, it is all about images mm-hmm. and that Felix is in this very you know devoted marriage that – has just gotten it's not even really back together she just agreed to go out on a date with him yeah for the sake of appearance yeah exactly (laughs) because he can't bring the he can't bring his other you know wife girlfriend we don't know if he married her right she he just has a kid with her exactly yeah 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 so but yeah this whole idea of appearances and um how lavish this party is meanwhile we get the darker elements of the episode that's leading up to what we think is going to be their bust yeah um okay so let's talk about this because (laughs) i i thought this was brilliant um and it was very just the way that they handled this um that we we find out as dania finds out when Mm -hmm. he tastes the cocaine yeah that that is really good because that whole sequence number one is really good and the execution by by the director here Amazing, because you have all this action going up to this climax and then boom, fake cocaine. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then boom, after fake cocaine, people running across to engage with him and uh, and the rest of the agents. And then boom, after that, you have agents going down and all kinds of things like, whoa, that's that's a ride, a a fantastic ride. And I do. I I was I was thinking for a second, Okay, this is happening, you know, too easy, you Mm -hmm. know. These guys are burying this underground and like these guys happen the DEH just happened to see this. Okay, this is too easy. But it was uh executed so well that I thought about that, but then I was just like, No, this isn't too easy. And the thing is that they the twist itself, I feel like that is techni- to me that's a cliche mm-hmm. moment to have in a show, in a in a movie. It's it's very overdone that that's the twist and that, oh hey, no, this isn't really what it, it seems like it is. But because the show executed it so well, I didn't have any problems with it. I did not it it completely surprised me. Yeah. So I I thought that the way they handled that, um, to actually see Felix what we believe in this episode anyway to see mm-hmm. Felix continue to rise as a as a dealer and as somebody who's in charge of all of these car, you know different plazas yes. um i did not expect him to rise and at the end of this episode to see his rise and to see breslin's fall mm-hmm. um they really set it up so that we were completely everything was just reversed and what we thought was going to happen um and also speaking to breslin I felt so awful for him. The fact that he did all of these things, he really put everything he had into this, probably expecting, probably a part of him expecting he would die because mm-hmm. that that was what they said at the top was that the men that went in with Breslin, they were warned this, you could die here. This might be your end. But then to go through all of that and then in the end, they summon him to Washington, D.C. and they demote him to a guy pushing papers. Yeah. 
and treat him like dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just, oh, they take their hands away. That's mm-hmm. all you, not us. But before, but I want to go back just a second before we get to Washington. Oh, excuse him going and being demoted, Breslin. Calderoni popping up. Yeah. That guy is always in places that he shouldn't be or that I would never expect him to be. And just to see him pop up, I'm like, damn, cut. Calderoni again like why is this guy what is his angle you know the interesting thing with Calderoni in that moment too is that you don't know what Breslin figures out mm-hmm. um, because they never directly address the, el- the, the, the the elephant in the room which is that what side is Calderoni really on because he's right. really on no side it looks like he's going to help the DEA agents by shooting the other men and then all of a sudden nope he's uh, he's shooting everybody and yeah. it uh, I think that in that moment without them actually being very direct i think breslin figured it out that the calderoni was he was never gonna truly have his help right and i also calderoni had to save his own skin there yeah i think if the if the gentleman that he shot if he would have been a little further into the bush and the other men on on the narco side or mexican side weren't coming along you know he could have let him go but that move that you know that calderoni did was and i think I think uh, Breslin understood. Yeah. In that moment, of course, that's not something that he wants to see. But I think that Breslin understood his position. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I know it's crazy to say, guys, watching or listening. Um, but just think about it. Put yourself in Calderoni's position. You know this guy that's coming up. And so these people, if they see you coming up and they know that you know him, you, your family, your mm-hmm. family's family, mm-hmm. everybody is going to be affected by that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And but at the end, though, what boggled my mind is that Calderoni was literally looking for Breslin and I thought he was going to kill him. Yes, I kind of thought that, too. But then I thought again, well, with this show, it's kind of when you think something's not going to happen and it does happen. But, you know, the whole the whole reason that season two was propelled into motion was the death of a DEA agent. Mm -hmm. So for Calderoni to kill another DEA agent, you know, and he's supposed to be on their side. Wow. What would that that would just blow up the whole house? You know? Yeah, exactly. Except for the fact that where they were, it might have been harder for them to figure out Calderoni had done it. That's My true. thing with him is that he's acting and then he just kind of it's it, he would have made it so that no one knew it was him that had right. done this. But um, yeah, and then we had seen so many other agents die in that in this scene. To me, okay, what's another agent in, in from their perspective? So yes. I was surprised that he let him go, um, if only for the fact that I think Calderoni just – I don't think it's necessarily that he's on one side or another. I think he's on the side that is going to, one, save his skin, mm-hmm. but two, benefit him the most. Yeah. And the whole reason that he would have tipped Felix off to begin with about um, Pablo is only for the fact that he did not want um, Breslin to succeed in that area. So yes. he will he will go back and forth depending upon how he wants everything to play out. Yes. Yeah. And and one more thing I wanted to talk about too before we left with um, the the ambush scene and then also when um, Breslin is called back and reassigned his cinematography because there's a really cool shot of of Calderoni just standing in the field alone after he kills those two people and it's really dark but you can still see 
his face and you can see Breslin's face and they cut back and forth between them. And it kind of reminds me of like a Western, like yeah. when, like a sp- old spaghetti Western, like the good and the bad and the ugly, where you have two characters opposing forces in in long or wide shots or crazy close-ups. Yeah. And then uh, to go to Breslin being reassigned when he's back in that little tiny office, you know, he goes from being... And not his offices were warehouses meeting up with his DEA buddies, figuring out which targets they're going to engage, how they're going to execute a plan to be in a little tiny cubicle with no walls, just like a little glass between them and a little crappy fan on the yeah. desk because it's hot. And I love seeing that, you know, cinematography wise, because we we see two worlds we go there's two extremes we go from this crazy world where everything is wide open and we have all this chaos happening in the background to no chaos boring office space kind of you know absolutely we're yeah exactly and that's the thing with breslin is that i felt very unsettled with his ending of this Mm -hmm. episode anyway because this is not this is not a man who after all of that that he's just going to be able to sit back and process paperwork no. and do mundane tasks. This is a guy who needs to you don't just go from all of that action to nothing and and then feel okay with it, but I feel like he's now stuck in a place where he has he has no other options. Right. So, um so I I'm excited to talk about next episode when yes. we get there. Before we end this episode though, one last thing I wanted to talk about was the aftermath because mm-hmm. we had Felix we this look this makes it look like he's going to now rise to the top. He just was able to move 70 I think it was 70 kilo 70 tons in one night. Yeah. Now, the thing that I found the most fascinating was that the narr- the narrator told us that in 87 more than 140 tons of coke were smuggled into the US in an entire year and he did 70 in one night. So I found that very impressive. But the other thing is that after we see all of these things going well for Felix, we got a perspective from Don Juan, Mm -hmm. which is, huh, how did you, what did you think of all this? I mean, obviously we've got Felix rising, but then he's got some people who are pretty pissed off about this, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Felix, Felix loves to make enemies. Um, Yeah. He's the equivalent of, you know, I, in early episodes, I was talking about Breslin shaking trees and seeing what falls out. Felix is doing the same thing, but Felix what he's trying to shake out of the trees is food that mm-hmm. he can gather and bring home to his, you know, his uh, group of plazas. But it never works out for Felix. Yeah. Never. It, yeah. And that's the thing is that with Don Juan, it was just a little tiny glimpse at the end of this episode. <laughs> but it was enough to foreshadow what uh, what we're going to see in episode 10. And I found that very, uh, very interesting the way they kind of planted that in because w- otherwise this would seem like yay you know victory for felix he's now at the top oh no, no don juan's there to remind <laughs> us that uh he's uh there he's got a lot of people on the other side trying to bring him down yes <laughs> so on with the time that we have left why don't we talk about our favorite moments of this episode of narcos mexico so, Rob, what was your favorite moment? Okay, so my favorite moment is, of course, is the twist with yeah. the fake coke and then the ambush. I thought it was executed fantastically. Um, and I do love the ride that it takes you on. It takes you up this roller coaster and then, boom, it takes you down. And when it does, the results are just, you know, really 
just hurtful. I yeah. mean, for me, I I felt really bad for for Breslin for that to not all work out. But once again, I do love the twist because Amato is the reason why that twist happened, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he, it's like. He hangs, you know, he's been around Felix and Acosta and he's taken the best tools from both of them. And now Acosta is, Acosta is now the one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my favorite moment, and I love the music, by the yes, way. Yes. <laughs> uh, my favorite moment would have to be, I have a couple, but okay. I, I did enjoy the aesthetics of the party that, mm-hmm. they, that uh, Felix and Maria attended. I also loved the moment where Calderoni takes the gun and points it at Breslin's head because it just really, um, it, it. I mean, obviously that's such a, you know, that's a very morbid moment to enjoy. Right. But I loved the change in power. And I think that's one of the reasons I love this show so much is because we get to see these characters, we get to see things play out and flip. Mm-hmm. And we get to see, you know, people like Breslin or Felix, we get to see them kind of rise sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then we also get to see them fall too and with Breslin it's like okay this is the beginning of his not end end but the beginning of his descent back into normalcy yes yeah so thank you for tuning in on for this episode Rob where can everybody find you Uh, you all can find me at excuse me on Instagram at Rob Stilo that's S-T-E-E-L-O and I'm Rachel Goodman you can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman until next time, uh, we will talk to you later. We've got one more episode to cover, and that's episode 10, the finale. Bye, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.